What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello, my friends, and welcome to part six in this mini series. Again, why are we doing this mini series? It's because I talk a lot about using tools and I want to be very clear about um, what those tools are and kind of how we approach things, how I, I don't know who we is, how I approach things with brain body resilience and um, kind of really dig into all the pieces. So here we are, part six. So a quick recap, we have talked about what stress is, that it's not all bad, and that we have more power over how it affects us than we may have previously thought, which is amazing. We've talked about how your brain and stress work, and we've talked about how all things breathing and stress go together and then affect all of the other things, health, mental health, physical health, how you feel, how you think, all the things. So let's tie that into our body, where all of that kind of is, you know, happening behind the scenes of our flesh in the insides. Um, <laughs> so this for me is there's so many layers here. It's such a fascinating topic. I have always hated my body. Um, until recently, I don't. Um, I am learning to love it. I like it very much. I am very appreciative of it now. That's taken an immense amount of work over the last um, handful of years, really. And, uh, you know, it's always a work in progress, as is everything else about being human. But, you know, because of this, uh, I based my entire worth and value on what my body looked like. And, you know, intentionally practiced ignoring my body and distancing myself from it to help, um, you know, support me through, through some trauma and such. It was, you know, a useful tool in that time and then became unuseful later on. Um, so I've had a very complicated relationship with my body. And I say all of this because I know that I am not alone. I know that if you are alive and if you are alive in a space and aware in a space that places so much value on your body for a very specific thing and a very superficial thing. It is hard to see past that. Um, I grew up doing gymnastics and then I went on to teach gym for several years in my early twenties. And this was the first time that I was really amazed with what we can do with our bodies. And there was a lot of self-image um, kind of things tied in there as well going on through that. But especially as I was teaching, I would just, I learned a different appreciation for paying attention to what my body could do. And I had to pay attention to what those gymnast bodies were doing as well, um, you know, to teach them skills and make sure they were safe and learning how to use their muscles. And that was my favorite thing to teach was how to use your muscles, how to recognize them, how to 
learn how to move your body and kind of understand what it can do. And it was incredible being able to witness people doing something for the first time or achieving a skill that they didn't think that they would be able to, or uh, even just getting stronger doing conditioning that they didn't think that they could originally do or that they couldn't originally do. And then, you know, they practiced and got stronger and, and all, you know, and then all of a sudden, magically, after a lot of work, uh, they were able to move their body, use their body in a way that they were not previously aware of or couldn't do. And it is just the coolest thing to see. And then there's something really, really powerful in that because there's absolutely a carryover. When you learn that you are physically strong and you are capable of accomplishing something, overcoming a a physical challenge, it makes you a little bit curious about what else you can do. And it gives you a little bit of confidence in other areas. And it makes you wonder about where, where am I strong in other areas? And if we're looking at that, you have to make up your mind about something to try something, to put in the effort. So your mind always is the one directing your body. And your body is just the tool that you have that gives you tangible proof. Your your head, your brain, your mind are controlling, you know, orchestrating this whole thing from the get-go. And all ever efforts originate there. But when we're doing things with our body, it gives us a tangible tool, a tangible outcome, something solid that we can say, oh my gosh, look at this, this thing. And then there's that proof, that reference that we can look at and say like, oh yeah, look at this thing I did. I was strong enough to do this. I tried this. I put effort in here and it paid off. And then we can use that in all other areas of our life as well. And this was my favorite thing to watch and to just witness. And I had forgotten about this and, you know, went on my way after I quit teaching. Um, And I went on and hated my body for a lot longer and uh, was not taking care of it in any kind of way, which was easy to do because in this culture that we live in, the message around your body is that you should fit a specific body type, a, a specific beauty standard, a specific size, a specific shape. Um, and then that, there really isn't, there really isn't a lot after that. Everywhere you look, there's a new fad diet and exercise to help you shrink. And it wasn't until the last decade that I learned to appreciate my body and get curious about how it works and what it can do for me. And just learning what it is doing every single second for me and learning to appreciate that and learning to recognize that the human body is an incredible thing. It is where we live in this life. And every cell in your body is here for the sole purpose of keeping you alive. You have billions of cells every day working just to keep you alive. And if you think about it, that's really wild stuff. So in regards to stress, we introduced the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis earlier in this mini series. And that is the network of systems that is your stress response system in your body. And it starts in your brain. And then there's that cascade of messages that are sent all over your body. Your heart rate speeds up and your blood pressure rises and your pupils dilate and your digestion slows and oxygen and energy and resources are sent to your brain. And you are given those internal resources to face whatever challenge is causing this red alert to be triggered. And we're going to kind of jump back to that 
in a moment. So keep that in your head. Your body is giving you these resources to face these challenges. Until then. Uh, (laughs) We also talked about how your breath communicates directly to your nervous system and is this bridge between your brain and your body. We also talked about the vagus nerve a little bit and how it stretches from the base of your head through down into your body with sensors all up in your internal organs. And that the majority, 80% of the information being sent in your, through you, this kind of information super highway that you have in your body is going from your body to your brain about how things are doing down in your body. How, you know, what is your state of being? What is needed? What's going on generally? And we can actually access this nerve through breath work to help activate that calming rest and digest side of the nervous system, that parasympathetic side. And so we know that our brain and body are in constant communication with this and throughout uh, a shared chemical language between the endocrine system, the immune system, the nervous system, always just constantly running through your body, back and forth through your brain, all about how the systems are working, how they're doing, what's going on, what's needed, just to keep us alive and functioning. It is incredible. And we know that none of our systems work alone, and the stress response system is no exception to this. So let's talk a little bit more about how your body gives you the resources to deal with the stress. We know that your brain doesn't know the difference between an event that's that you're thinking about or remembering or imagining and worrying about and something that's actually taking place in that moment in your internal environment or your external environment. So that means that either way, you're getting this internal stress response that is generating the energy. And if there's no outlet, no fight, no flight, then your system can't complete the stress response process. And the only way to do that is to move that energy out of your body. Think about a time when you were nervous or scared, and maybe you were overwhelmed or, you know, any of any of these things. And you were telling yourself, like, just calm down. Everything's fine. Trying to uh, rationalize with yourself, trying to intellectualize these things. And I bet that it didn't help because your body doesn't speak words, doesn't speak English, doesn't speak any other language. Your body's language is movement. And so you have to move to process the stress. And what is the most basic movement that we make? It's breathing. It's incredible. So if we pause long enough to consider what an asset our bodies are, and that they are tools that allow us to navigate this life and live, and they are, you know, your body is your home, then it makes more sense to take care of it. And the incredible thing is that if we truly take care of our bodies, we are also doing some of the best things we can to manage and reduce stress. Nutrition is a huge piece of this. We're not going to get into that here because uh, I'm going to do a whole episode on that later. So, you know, stay tuned for that. So we're going to stick to movement on this one. Movement is how we process stress. We are meant to move. And when movement is halted inside of our body, that causes problems. It causes disease. So that internal movement is actually encouraged with external movement. Meaning that when we are moving our bodies, we are allowing those internal processes to continue to flow back and forth, in and out, up and down, side to side, how they are supposed to. And we are encouraging those processes 
in all of our systems that are working together. So because of this, movement is the best thing that we can do to start managing stress and anxiety. No, running is not therapy. Go do that as well. And it's not always about high intensity exercising, but it can be. I see this a lot. Um, People who, those of us who have a lot of kind of internal turmoil, we want to go run it off or we get kind of obsessive about um, things and we're not really working with our physiology and we're not understanding how that is. And what is needed will be different depending on the situation and your state of being. So if you're in a high sympathetic state, if you're in that fight or flight, um, kind of, you know, on a constant basis, chronic basis, or even just like acute, if you are like in this stressful situation, cardio, high intensity exercise, or anything like that is not going to be what you need. It's not going to be helpful in balancing your internal state because what that is doing is activating your stress response. And you can see if it's already activated, you're not trying to just release more cortisol, more stress hormones, get more adrenaline. Uh, It's just kind of the opposite of what you need. And I think that, again, there's just a lack of... um, useful information out about that. So, you know, it might feel like this is the the go-to. It might feel like this feels good because when we're stuck in that elevated state for long periods of time, our body adapts to that level of stimulation. And remember that the stress response system is a biologically adaptive tool that remembers the response and saves it for later. So if we're constantly stressed and overwhelmed and in the state of fight or flight, that is what becomes familiar to your body. And that is what will become um, kind of the expected, what it's looking for. So in this case, what we need is to slow things down and pay more attention and use some restorative movements and breathing to help guide the nervous system back to a more balanced uh, state, being able to go back and forth and in and out of elevated states and calm states without getting stuck. And sometimes when we're really feeling overwhelmed, something as simple as stomping your legs a few times or shaking your body out or screaming into a pillow or singing loudly. These are all ways to process and move that energy out of your body using your body as a tool. So when we look at the benefits of exercise for your brain and mental health and cognitive function, It is incredible how much influence we have over our body and our mood and our state of being. Our brains literally developed with movement, both as a species. And if you watch children, they are learning to move as babies. This is one of the most rapid times of brain growth because movement is being mapped. How to navigate the world is being processed. And we learn with movement. It literally makes us smarter and increases our capacity to learn. It reduces stress and has been shown to be as effective as the most prevalent uh, medications for depression and anxiety, but it can't be the only thing. And and that's the part. That's the part there. I've heard from so many people that, you know, they're doing the movement, they're doing the exercise, and it's not helping. It can't be the only tool that we're using. And again, a lot of the time we're not maybe using the appropriate form of movement or exercise for how our internal state is and how to, how to communicate properly with our body, with our nervous system in that moment. 
And so if you're not paying attention to your other habits and what's going on in your head and getting professional mental health care when you need it, of course, this one tool isn't going to make up for all of the other pieces. It's a puzzle that all the, all the pieces are necessary. I love this topic a lot. Uh, this is actually going to be the topic for my next workshop, your brain on exercise, the cognitive and mental health benefits, what's happening in your brain when you exercise. It's not going to be until January. Um, I haven't planned it fully yet. So stay tuned. Uh, the, all the details to come on that. But I love talking about this because it is rare that we talk about the benefits of exercise outside of how to get your bikini body, how to work off the Halloween candy, how to whatever the hell else to like change to shrink your body to look a certain way to put value based on the way that your body looks, which is the least interesting thing about us. I don't remember where I originally heard that, but I loved it so much because it's true. Um, what's actually happening inside your body is much more fascinating. It is incredible what's going on in your internal state and we pay very little attention to that. So anyways, stay tuned. Um, for now, let's wrap this up. Your body is the conductor for stress and it's also a resource. It's one of the best tools we have to manage and process, but we have to actually let it process and not hold it in. We have to speak our body's language and pay attention actually have a conversation with your body, pay attention to what it's saying. And that can be incredibly hard and even triggering. If you've practiced ignoring your body or distancing from your body, you're not going to initially know how to pay attention. This is something that I continue to work on. Um, it can be a really long process, but it will be, it will be something that is beneficial beyond what I can explain to you. So My challenge to you is to get some movement in this week and pay attention to what kind of movement you might need. Pay attention to what you feel like. Do what do you, does it feel like maybe you need to slow down? Does it maybe feel like you need to do some kind of relaxing movements? Does it feel like you just need to shake it out or dance? Here's a secret. It doesn't have to look any kind of way. It doesn't have to be a specific movement. It doesn't have to be Uh, you don't have to be wearing anything specific. Just move your body and pay attention to how you feel when you are moving and maybe explore different ways that your body can move. Get curious. If you look at kids again, I love referencing children in this because they haven't learned all of the shit that we then have to go on and unlearn as we are adults. They are just moving naturally, exploring how their bodies work how they move in different ways. They're learning, they're honest, they're uninhibited, they're confident. And we are now having to relearn these things and unlearn some of the things that have taught us otherwise. So get curious, have fun, just play, spin around, whatever. Um, Do that. Also, also, I have two challenges this week. Write down 10 things that you are grateful for about your body that have nothing to do with how it looks. What does it do for you? What does it allow you to do in your life? And this is something, again, like breathing, we don't pay much attention until we don't have access to these things. Think about maybe some things that you take for granted. Can you lift your arms up over your head to wash your hair? Can you walk? What do those, you know, what does that allow you to do? Uh, Really take a moment and sit with that and appreciate how your body shows up for you every day. And maybe that will, uh, influence how you want to show up for your body. Maybe. 
something to think about. But until then, I would love to know how this goes for everybody. Um, I still love hearing from you. I love knowing that this resonates. I love that um, just hearing how how you're connecting with this because I'm just here talking to this microphone. And so it is incredible when I get to hear um, how you're making sense of these things and how it applies to your lives and all the things. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I know that you could literally do anything else with your time and you choose to spend it listening to me talk to you, which I am grateful for. And I want to, uh, I want to let you know, I am grateful for you. So hope you have a beautiful day and a beautiful week. And we'll do this again until next time. Peace out.